You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can find my writing at FanRag NFL. You can find my writing at AcmePackingCompany.com, and there has been a lot to write about over the last few days, over the last few weeks, frankly. And we're going to start today with the announcement from the Green Bay Packers that Brian Gutekunst is the new general manager. This is something we talked about yesterday. This is something we knew was coming. This is not a surprise. It's not a shock. But it has meaning, overarching meaning and specific meaning, in ways that we didn't know when we discussed this yesterday. The first thing... That we, that we know is we got to actually talk to him. We got to actually see him in action. And one of the things that he said was that the team was going to use everything at their disposal in making the team better. That is number one. Number two, one of the things that he mentioned was creating more competition at marquee spots uh, on the edges of the roster. And that is two key pieces of data to suggest he will be more aggressive in free agency than his predecessor, Ted Thompson. And so if we're looking for things to, to sort of put together a profile of what a Gutekunst GM reign will look like, I think you're going you're gonna to have to expect a draft and develop philosophy, but I think he will use on the, on the edges, on the margins. I wrote about this last week for, the, for Acme Packing Company that the, the shortcomings of Thompson's were on the margins. He could have signed a Quentin Dial every year that they needed him. They could have signed an Ahmad Brooks any year that they needed him. And so these are the ways that I think Green Bay can find to make their roster better. The small ways, not the big ways. They don't have to go out and sign Stephon Gilmore. They don't have to go out and make a splash in free agency to make this team better. What they need to do is take the approach that We focus on the draft, and we're going to look for value-free agents at positions of need to make us deeper, to make us more competitive. I think there's no question Quentin Dial made this team better in 2017. There is no question that Ahmad Brooks made this team better in 2017 and would have made them even, even better than he did if he'd have been healthy. So these are the kind of moves that I expect Gutekunst to make. Now, there is a trickle-down effect here from promoting Brian, and that is something that we've talked about at length over the course of the last week to 10 days. What is going to be the result of Elliot Wolf not getting this job? Well, we're a little bit closer to having an answer for that because Russ Ball was promoted as the director of football operations. That is Elliot Wolf's old title. And so, Brian Gutekinds can stand up at the press conference and say, we want to keep Elliot Wolf, and then we've made him an offer to stay. We want him to stay. He can say all of those things. They promoted someone into Wolf's title. That suggests that Mark Murphy 
and this team has made a decision that that Gudekinst is the future and that that is the guy that they would rather have versus Elliot Wolf. And we don't know if that's the right call yet. We don't know because we haven't seen Gudekinst as a general manager and we haven't seen Wolf in other roles. Now, what we've found out since then is that the Cleveland Browns are interested in bringing in Wolf. And in exactly what capacity, we don't know. They've already brought in Alonzo Highsmith. John Dorsey is already there as a former Packers front office man. And so they could basically become Packers East. It's still the Midwest. It's still Ohio. So it's not really East East, but it's, but it's not mid East. It's not middle East like the anchorman joke with, with Steve Corral. So, he, he, but he is, he signed a contract last year. We don't know exactly what the situation is there with the hierarchy. What we do know is that Brian Gudekinst was promoted to Wolf's old position. Wolf was the director of player personnel. Last year, he was promoted to the director of football operations. And even with that, he was not given the general manager job. And now his responsibilities have been replaced by Russ Ball. And so all signs point to Wolf not being here for the upcoming season. Now, that is something that obviously the Packers have decided is a risk they're willing to take. And they decided that Gutekunst was the guy. And if they're going to lose one of them, that it could not be him. Again, we don't know if that's the right call. Now, another interesting wrinkle in all of this is the Packers have restructured the front office. And and more precisely, Mark Murphy has restructured the front office to make it so that McCarthy now answers directly to Murphy, that Ball and Gutekunst answer to Murphy, and now everyone answers to Mark Murphy. And Murphy is the one who's going to have the right to make decisions about the hiring and firing of coaches, And Murphy is going to be the one to meet with McCarthy over the course of the week to talk about scheme, to talk about assistant coaches. And and that brought a lot of, of concern from Packers Twitter, from some of Packers media. And I don't think what you're going to expect to have happen is Murphy is going to come in and say, I don't think you should be running quarters coverage against XYZ routes, or I don't think you should be running as much 11 personnel. That's not what these meetings are about. The, the point here is that Murphy, the guy who is in charge, the guy who is the president of the organization, wants to know what the coaches are doing. And the reason he wants to know that is because he wants to be able to communicate to Gutekunst, to Elliot Wolf is he, if he is still in the building, to Russ Ball, and say, look, this is the team that we are. This is what we want to be. Are we good enough in these positions? And if we're not, then can we go find someone? So if you're Mike McCarthy and what you really need is uh, an impact pass rusher and James Harrison comes on the market, if your front office doesn't know that that's what you want, how are they going to go make that call? And apparently Murphy said there's been some communication breakdowns. And whether that is because Mike McCarthy was dissatisfied with Ted Thompson or because Thompson didn't listen to Mike McCarthy, we don't know. But what happens is when you consolidate power in this way, Mark Murphy now gets to hear it directly from the head coach, 
what the team needs and what they want to do and how they want to prepare and how they want to look. And then he, being in charge of everything, gets to go to the personnel staff rather than McCarthy going to the personnel staff and saying, this is how our offense is going to look. This is how our defense is going to look. This is what we want our special teams to look like. And these are the players that we're missing. This is this is the identity that we want to have. Are there players out there we can add to make us better? How can you how can you make us better? I'm not worried about this new structure. I think, in fact, having consolidated power can potentially make this team run more efficiently, assuming it is exercised and employed in the right ways. We don't know if it will be, but I think it can be. I don't think there's any should be any concern that McCarthy was in on these these general manager interviews. It is very common in any business to have a direct report, especially an important direct report, be part of the interview process in as much as they're going to talk to that person, they're going to get a feel for that person, they're going to to see if their if their personalities mesh. But ultimately, Mike McCarthy did not make this call. And I know there were, there were reports about Mike McCarthy's dissatisfaction with Ball as a potential candidate and all of that stuff. The Packers did not hire Brian Gutekunst because Mike McCarthy didn't want Russ Ball. The Packers hired Gutekunst because he is a very, very talented front office person. So much so that he was a general manager candidate last year. He was a general manager candidate this year. And in fact, the Packers had to wait to announce this move because Gutekunst was coming back from an interview in Houston where he was interviewing for their vacant general manager position. So I don't think there should be fear on the part of Packer fans that this this decision was made out of haste, that it was made out of hubris, that it was made out of ego with Mike McCarthy, and that the tail is wagging the dog here. I don't think that that is what's going on. And, and particularly the reason I don't think that is because Mark Murphy didn't consolidate all of this power into his hands to give it to Mike McCarthy. He didn't. And so if you if you assume that is true and and all of the signs point to that being true, then I think we should have faith in the decision that was made here. Do I think John Schneider would have been the the lights out candidate here? Yes. Would it have been a complete mess to try and get him? Probably. And so I, I think the decision was made. Gutekunst is the guy over Wolf, and we're going to go all in on that decision. And that is, by the way, the right call, even if it means losing Wolf, which you were probably going to do anyway. So Green Bay now has to move forward. The front office has to has to knock this offseason out of the park. They've got salary cap space. They've got a top 15 pick. We watched some some players last night that could be on their board. Roquan Smith, in particular, the linebacker from Georgia, could certainly be on their list. He was he would be one of the guys that I would target if I were Green Bay. I think this offseason is going to be about more than just the draft. I think free agency will be used, even if they don't go make a big splash. I think you will see them sign some free agents, similar to the way that they used it last year with players like Lance Kendricks, Quentin Dial, Ahmad Brooks, etc., they don't have to sign a Martellus Bennett to be a Super Bowl contender next year. They don't. This team is good enough, especially if they make the right call with a defensive coordinator. We're going to get to that in just a second. Before we do, let me remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. 
This is easy. All you have to do is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. It gets you access to NFL draft coverage. The draft is coming up very, very soon. NFL drafts profiles, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, charts, all that stuff is obviously better for 2018. NFL player grades, snap counts, position ranks, all of this data that would normally be behind the paywall, but you could get for free. And all you have to do to enter the contest is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. No decision has yet been made about the Packers defensive coordinator position. They have interviewed all of the internal candidates. And I continue to believe that Vic Fangio is the favorite. I know there have been reports that Darren Perry is the favorite. I think he is the in-house favorite. I think Fangio is the preferred candidate. Now, the Packers have not been able to talk to him until until 12 o'clock last night, depending on when you're listening to this. But but Tuesday, 12.01 a.m. Is, is when they were first allowed to contact Vic Fangio, his contract was up and and all the reports suggest that that they are going to do that now before official word of a meeting between McCarthy and Fangio and and the Packers has come out is Mike Patton was reported as someone who is going to be interviewed today. Now, that is going to be a name that I think is going to be troublesome for some Packer fans because they're going to look at his Browns tenure and go, "Well, this guy's a bum." Well, no. He was the defensive coordinator on a Bills team that had a very good defense, on many Jets teams and Ravens teams that had very good defenses. He wasn't the defensive coordinator in Baltimore. Rex Ryan was, but he worked under Ryan. And I don't think you should let the the bombast and the, and the issues that came from Rex Ryan everywhere he went scare you away. Mike Pettin is a very good defensive coach. And he spent the last year as a consultant in Seattle learning from them. This was a guy that ran the 3-4 most of his career, but liked to use what's called an underfront. Hard for me to describe right now. Um, One of the things that that I'm sure I'll be writing about if he gets the job. So keep an eye out on Acme Packing Company, and we can discuss this further in the future. But the the 4-3 that Seattle runs is an underfront as well. And so this would he would bring a versatility, a multiplicity to this defense that I think that they, they need unless they go really rogue and, and hire some crazy candidate. I think change for the sake of change in this case, I, I don't normally think that that's something that that can work, but just getting a new voice in the room, even if it's Winston Moss, if it's Darren Perry, Joe Witt, one of those in-house candidates, that's not going to make Packer fans particularly happy. I think that's an improvement. I just think Dom Capers was inflexible. I think he was he was behind the times. And I think a younger, more willing to adapt coach could could really pay huge dividends because again, I've said this over and over, this is not an untalented team. Back to Vic Fangio. I don't think you can look at the Bears defense and say it's more talented. Akeem Hicks is a great interior defender. I would take Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark over just Hakeem Hicks. And Danny Trevathan was a great player for the Denver Broncos. He has not been great in Chicago. I think Blake Martinez is at, at the very least just as good. Now the safeties, haha Clinton Dix was a pro bowler two years ago. He was not this past season. Safety's probably a wash, but I think the more talented corners 
playing Green Bay. Kevin King, Demarius Randall, Devon House. Now, House is, is not under contract starting in March, and so that'll be have, have to be something that they adjudicate. But Prince of Mukamara, Marcus Cooper, these are not guys to write home about. And in terms of the front, the pass rushers, I mean, I would I would rather have Nick Perry and Clay Matthews than Leonard Floyd and the field in in Chicago. So if Vic Fangio came in, I think he'd be coming into a, a great situation for him. They would get to stay in in a 3-4. And the Bears are doing everything they can to keep him. That is, that is what happens when you're a good coach. They've offered, um, based on what I've heard and, and what I've been told, they're going to be offering a significant financial package, making him, if not the highest paid defensive coordinator in football, one of the highest paid, and a, a, an assistant head coach title, which for him would make it easier to get a head coaching job in the future if that's something that he seeks. My viewpoint, if I am consulting Vic Fangio, is the best way to prove yourself as a coordinator is to win games. And teams that that go 4-12, and 5-11, 6-10, those coordinators don't generally get plucked out of those situations to be head coaches. If the Packers go 13-3 next year and win the Super Bowl, their defensive coordinator might have some buzz. If the Bears go 7-9 and nine next year and miss the playoffs by three games, who cares? I mean, truly, who cares? So, okay, yes, Fangio has familiarity with the Bears roster. He has built a good defense. It's not more talented than what the Packers have. And so if he can go and take a talented group of players and go win games and help the Packers win another Super Bowl, and he can compete for a title. Let's say he signs a four-year contract. The Packers are going to compete for a title all four of those years. How many of those seasons are the Bears going to be title contenders? Max one? I mean, this doesn't seem like a difficult proposition here. The money is going to be similar. The defensive talent, at the very least, even if you assume, and I don't, but even if you assume that the Bears have more talent... They don't have more talent overall. They may have a more talented defense, may. But they're not in a better position to win games consistently. We don't know if Mitch Trubisky is. We don't know if he's good. We don't know if this front office can get him some weapons. We don't know if this front office can get him an offensive tackle. We don't know if Matt Nagy is a good coach. I think he is. I think he can be, but he's going to be a first-year head coach. If you're 59-year-old Vic Fangio, do you really want to ride that roller coaster of a first-year head coach and a second-year quarterback when you could be with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers and go have a chance to win a Super Bowl for the next four years every year? I mean, potentially multiple Super Bowls? This doesn't seem that hard to me. You've heard me do ad reads. You've heard me talk about sponsors of this podcast. You've heard the the pre-rolls that we do. And I, I appreciate you listening because it, it helps the podcast, it helps us do what we do, it, it helps me continue to bring you the content that I want to be able to bring you. If you are looking to reach audiences, particularly male audiences in the prime demographic, 18 to 44, we have a primarily male audience. They are in that prime demographic. We do have a growing female audience, which I'm very happy about. I'm very proud of the fact that, that we've done that and I've, I've tried to bring in female guests. If you want to advertise and reach those key demographics, I've got it. You should be sponsoring Locked On Packers. 
You can email me at peter underscore bukowski at yahoo.com for more information. Our rates are reasonable, I promise. If you want to target sports loving in particular, 18 to 44 men, this podcast has it. And we're growing. We've been growing every week since the start of the season. Get in today. Our rates are reasonable. Peter underscore Bukowski at yahoo.com for more information. There's just one little storyline that I want to discuss before we get out of here, and that is I mentioned the Bears hired Matt Nagy earlier in the show. Matt Patricia is the favorite in Detroit. We know John Gruden is going to be in Oakland, Marvin Lewis back in Cincinnati, and so all of a sudden these these head coaching jobs are starting to dry up, and the Colts job is still on the table. We don't know what the situation is with Andrew Luck, but the number one coach on the market everyone sort of agreed was Josh McDaniels and now there's rumblings that McDaniels may not leave New England this year because the right opportunity isn't there and so if you're the Packers and you're dissatisfied with your coach in a year let's say they go 10 and 6 they have another divisional round exit and the offense doesn't look nearly as explosive as we think it should with Aaron Rodgers all of those things are possible it's also possible they go 14 and 2 and win the Super Bowl and and everything is great, and Mike McCarthy gets another extension. But McCarthy is only under contract through 2019. And so at the end of this year, he could be let go. And if McDaniels does stay in New England through this year, through the 2018 year, and Tom Brady plays his age 41 season, how much longer can he be the guy? Because Jimmy Garoppolo is out the door. And we don't know if they have a new guy coming in. And, and how much longer is Bill Belichick going to be the coach? That that presents an interesting wrinkle in, in and of itself. Did did Kraft the elder or the younger whisper in, in Josh McDaniel's ear, hey, you're going to be our guy post-Belichick? Maybe. But if in a year the Packers have once again come up short and Josh McDaniels does not have a head coaching job by then, the Packers could be in position to get the guy who has been the top candidate the last two years, really. I mean, Kyle Shanahan after last year, I think was would have been a no-brainer if the Packers were going to move on, but it's hard to move on from a coach that just went to the NFC title game. This year could have been that year, but the Packers decided to go in a different direction. They decided, frankly, enough upheaval. And I think they made the right choice. I think you give McCarthy at least another season with a new defensive coordinator, in this case, also a new general manager to prove that he can turn this offense around. But if Josh McDaniels doesn't have a job as a head coach a year from now, I think that's absolutely the move for the Green Bay Packers. That's something we can talk about over the course of the next few months and, and frankly, over the course of the next year because this team could, could genuinely go in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's hard to watch anyone in the NFC and think, oh yeah, that team is definitely better than the Packers, when healthy at least. I know the Panthers and the Packers played a game and and, and Rodgers did not play well in that game, but remember, the Packers were were had the ball with the chance to go tie the game late, and if Geronimo Allison holds on to the ball or if Thomas Davis doesn't headhunt Devontae Adams, maybe they have that opportunity, even with Rodgers playing well below his standards because he's hurt. So I think we should expect the Packers to compete for a title next year. And if they don't, 
then you do have to look at this coaching staff and say, maybe it's time to, to make even bigger changes than we made this offseason. We'll see. There's still a lot more to discuss. We're going to have one more show this week, barring breaking news. And I'm going to try and, and give you the latest updates. I think it's likely we're going to have movement in the, in the defensive coordinator search in the next day or two. And we'll have a podcast to discuss that and a whole lot more. This is our off-season schedule, three days. Generally speaking, I'm going to do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday just to spread things out and, and give uh, and basically give me more of a chance to have spread out the days in terms of breaking news. Because if you go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and something breaks Thursday, then it, suddenly you're going three days without a podcast. If something breaks Thursday morning, it's almost four days without a podcast. So making it Monday, Tuesday, Thursday mitigates some of the concerns over those kinds of things. We're going to be here through the offseason. And frankly, we're going to be the only show that is consistently. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell your Facebook friends, tell your Twitter friends, tell your Instagram friends, tell your Twitch friends, tell your Snapchat friends that we've got a show and that they, like you, need to stay locked on Packers.